0: Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis.
1: And I'm Jamie Hill. Hello, listeners. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Jamie. Nice to have you here, baby.
0: (laughs) I'm happy to be here. In
1: our house. (laughs) Where the hell else would you be? It's a damn pandemic. (laughs) Uh, People, it's nice to have you with us. Later on in this episode, we're going to be talking about the cops.
0: It feels like we have to talk about the cops. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. Like, you know
1: when you're in high school and someone's like we need to talk and it's never good yeah it's like that it's not good uh but first misfit stars is how our people support the work that we do so we really have two simple questions for anyone listening Mm. are you our people Mm. i feel like maybe you are Mm. there's got to be a reason you're listening to the podcast yeah it's plausible that you're listening to it because you think we're idiots like some people hate watch tucker carlson i get that (coughs) I'll, I'll see a clip every so often online and be like, yeah, oh, this fucking guy. And then I'll watch it. <laughs> and it, it will do the thing I knew it was going to do. It'll make me very mad, you know? I
0: hope we're not making you mad right now.
1: Yeah. Maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully not right now. We're just in the preamble. Yeah. How mad could you be? We're 30 seconds in. So, so the first question was, are you our people? Yeah. So we hope you're our people, you know? And secondly, uh, would you like to support the work that we do? Yeah. And, you know, listen to the podcast. We love that you do it. It's not supporting our work. We're talking about cold, hard cash. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I say it flippantly, but seriously, uh, Shannon and I do something weird with our lives, uh, which is that in in an increasingly non-transactional way, we take in good energy from our people in the form, some of it, of sustaining monthly support. And we turn that around and we put good things out into the world. You know, the best things that we can put out into Mm -hmm. the world. Some of it is music, some of it is community, uh, especially these days via our new private social network, Mm -hmm. which is so amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Uh, This podcast? Yeah, the podcast, Absolutely, we do uh, monthly acoustic concerts for our people. Mm-hmm. We and that's for everyone. That's just kind of free to the to the community. Um, there's a whole bunch of other stuff: mentorship, education, uh, helping teach a bunch of younger people how to be record producers and engineers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's all rewarding. It's all wonderful. It needs support. Support literally, like in the term, in in like monthly, like here's how we pay our, some of our bills so we can do this work. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: So Jamie, question: Is it like a whole bunch of money every month that uh,
1: people? Good question, because I'm sure that someone listening to this is like, I can't afford to support you. I can barely afford to support myself. <laughs> fair, <laughs> totally fair. Uh, no, the, the the short answer is no. Some people are super generous. We have a couple people who are giving us a hundred dollars a month, and honest to God, it helps. Unbelievable. But I'll tell you what, like ninety something percent of the people who support us are doing so at ten dollars a month or less. Many of them five dollars a mm-hmm. month. Uh, I think that $10 a month is the median contribution. Interesting. So if you're asking yourself, hey, uh, I'd like to support, but I don't know what level to do it at. What are all the cool kids doing? Do 10. <laughs> that's that's what everyone's doing.
0: That's like $5 for you and $5 for me.
1: Wow, yeah, totally. <laughs> but if you don't want me to get five because I've been bad and you only want Shannon to get five, <laughs> then just do $5 a month. That's all you got to do. You go to misfitstars.com slash join and uh, pick the level that works for you and sign up and you will be helping us continue to put the good things into the world that we put into it.
0: Thank you so much for those of you who already do that. Yeah. Uh, we we just are so grateful for you. Yeah. And thank you to Shocked, those of you who really. decide to d- join up. Thank you in advance. Yeah. For that good thing you're about to do.
1: Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be today? <laughs> Seriously, is it going to be you? Someone hearing my voice might do this. I'm sh- I'm just so excited to see who it is. Yeah, totally. So uh, announcements. Do we have any, sweetheart? Um, I got to do the song, yeah.
0: don't I? Announcements, announcements, announcements. Uh, we don't really have, we have one minor announcement. Yeah. It's an ongoing announcement.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's yours. It is. So here it is. We're collecting people's stories for 2020 The album, the story archival project, the intersection between the two Two. It's all based on people's stories mm-hmm. of what the year 2020 was like. If you have a story that you'd be willing to share, please uh, go to 2020101.net uh, and look at each of the, the songs. See if You know, maybe one of them, Mm -hmm. one of the topics, would be appropriate for something that's on your mind. Yeah. To
0: to recap, like the topics so far and the stories that we would be, we would love to hear from you. The first, the first topic was about how was your normal disrupted in 2020. The second one was about uh, the the experience of death and grieving in 2020. Uh, Then we had a song about um, uh, nurses. Oh, right, right, right. Just about like just finding. Finding out how awesome people can be in times of crisis.
1: Stories of how someone showed up for you or Mm -hmm. your community in an extraordinary way or how you showed up for yourself or someone else in an extraordinary way.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we have a topic about uh, the experience of of watching people we know in our lives and loved ones uh, succumb to propaganda and conspiracy theories Mm. in 2020. We've got a song about what it was like to be a parent in 2020. Yeah. Uh, A topic about that. And then the most recent uh, song, or the most recent song slash topic that we're collecting stories on, is uh, this this last one. My brain is so foggy right now, and I don't have. Thank you. What is it?
1: It's about falling in love, getting (sighs) married, or having a baby in a pandemic. Of
0: course, I.
1: Of course. And please send it. It's also right in the notes that you're looking at.
0: Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Shannon's there got, it is.
1: Shannon's got I do have notes. Moderna brain fog.
0: I do. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. So uh, people, if you have a story to share about falling in love, getting married, or having a baby in a pandemic, or any of the previous five topics that Shannon so ably rattled off before <laughs> she went dark.
0: Semi-ably.
1: <laughs> yeah. You did good. You got five out of six. Yeah. So uh, yeah, please send it over. You can email that to me at jamie at misfitstars.com. We would love to put your story on the archive Mm -hmm. when you send it over just let me know if you want me to attribute it to your first name and last initial like Jamie H -hmm. or if you just want it to be posted under anonymous some people prefer that, uh, just because maybe they're talking about something a bit more sensitive, or maybe they're just a little bit shy. Either or way, private,
0: yeah, yeah. It's either way good. is fine.
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know,
0: on on this topic, it's not on our list, but the next song is coming out on Saturday, yeah, uh, the seventeenth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're currently working on that. And so starting Saturday, we'll have a new topic yeah. as well for new stories. And uh, so keep your ears peeled for that. Very exciting. Can you keep your ears peeled? That it's would really be
1: gross. It's like when you have peeled. a sunburn on the top of your ear <laughs> and it peels and then it kind of hardens permanently. That's disgusting. Well, that happened to me.
0: Oh. I'm sorry.
1: It's okay. <laughs> I, have I, like, I have like a little hard little thing at the top of my ear from I think when I got a sunburn like 25 years ago. Oh my
0: gosh! Yeah. Well, I don't mean that you are
1: disgusting. Well, thank I you. I mean, you can
0: you can be disgusting sometimes. Thank you.
1: Thank you for both <laughs> things. Yeah.
0: But I'm I can be also disgusting yeah, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, we're humans. We can't are. Can we all be
0: Homo sapiens? Yeah. Yeah.
1: We cover it up the best we can with clothes and manners. We're disgusting creatures. Various perfumes. But yeah, we're disgusting creatures.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that concludes
1: announcements. Good job. Yeah. mm -hmm. How are you feeling today, sweetheart? Aside from out to fricking lunch. Well,
0: yeah, out to lunch because, uh, yeah, I'm feeling out to lunch. And it's going to probably show in this podcast and I apologize in advance I'm still brain foggy we got our second moderna shot on Sunday two days ago uh, two days ago from when we're recording this and man it took me out and uh, so I'll' we'll, we'll, we'll we can talk about that more in a minute but today how am I feeling a little foggy grateful that like the worst of all that is behind me uh, um, and a feeling a little hmm a little sad that i can't be outside in the beautiful weather because we've got so much work to do <laughs> yeah. and also because this vaccine took us off the map for a day uh like it feels like i don't have any time to waste yeah. so i'm doing all right i feel like i i feel like i'm i, th- I feel like this is tuesday afternoon where we're recording the song comes out saturday uh i feel like i'm just maybe barely going to hang on <laughs> yeah. through the end of this week before yeah. our next day's off. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. I can do it. I can hang on. I'm, I feel like I'm barely hanging on.
1: How, you know, I feel
0: like I'm barely hanging on. I
1: know no, what you mean. You know, I'm doing... Hey, only six weeks to go.
0: That's right. I, is that it? Yeah. Uh, for this project, yeah. you mean? Yeah, okay. We can we can do it. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm also a little tired.
1: That's yeah. it. How about you? Good, generally. Uh, I feel so much better today than yesterday. I woke up feeling essentially normal, and that's good. Uh, I feel a little cranky and annoyed. <laughs> I don't have a good reason for it. I'm not sure what it is, but there's that. There's that. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's fine. It's not defining my day. I don't think.
0: Yet. Not yet,
1: <laughs> but give it time. Yeah, you know how some days you just like feel a little prickly?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. I do. Yeah all right yeah but it's like you know it's like a 20 out of 100 I'll consider myself warned Uh, (laughs) no no but we have to be extra gentle with you because you're so dumb right
0: now oh oh that was that what you considered gentle yeah calling me dumb
1: yeah like a little box of hammers over there on the couch oh my goodness yeah rude
0: (laughs) well I'm glad that you're generally all right yeah thank you okay (laughs)
1: <laughs> and I'm sorry I called you dumb. I, mean, I meant it like a funny way, like a loving way. Also, you, you know, like it's true. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So, uh, good news machine.
0: Let's, why don't we fire up the good news machine? Yeah, let's do that. You want
1: to go first? Um, You've yes. got two.
0: You know what? I do have two. I have two things on my list. Um, one thing is that uh, last week, our state, Washington State, became the 20th state in the nation to restore voting rights to formerly incarcerated people. So good. Here's the thing. I didn't even actually realize that was a thing until recently, that formerly incarcerated people didn't have the right to vote. What in the actual
1: heck? Like, I mean, it's a a good way to make sure that black people don't vote because it's (sighs) a two-step process, right? So it's a little bit nuanced. The first thing you do is make it so a bunch more black people end up in the prison system (sighs) uh, by criminalizing stuff related to poverty. Right, it's actually kind of a three-step thing, because you got to make sure that black people are really poor. Stay
0: p- and right? stay
1: poor. And then you've got to make sure that you criminalize stuff that people do when they're poor, mm-hmm. you know? Crimes of desperation, little things like that. Three strikes laws, huge and that kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know what I mean? Steal a candy bar, shame on you. Do it three times. You're in prison for frickin' life and mm-hmm. you can't vote, right? Uh, so, so yeah, it's it's like a subtle little thing, right? You get everyone into the prison system who you want to be in there, and then you make it so they can't vote, and all of a sudden a bunch of black people can't vote. It's the same bullshit we've been doing <sighs> in this country for hundreds of years. <sighs> It's you know it is unsurprising to me. Yeah,
0: you know, I I saw a tweet and I yesterday, I can't remember who it was and I am sorry I can't attribute it because I'm not just now thinking of it and I couldn't look it up before we recorded but uh, that white supremacy is not an extremist ideology. No. White supremacy is 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 present in all of the systems in this country.
1: Yeah, it's like the foundational like, baseline.
0: Yeah. And we need to stop thinking of white supremacy as being that thing over there that some people believe in. Yeah. Because it's not. It,
1: I mean it's not a bunch of rednecks with confederate flags. It's like it's like the banking system. And
0: there there is, yeah, exactly. And laws. There there are those people who are proactively pushing for more white supremacy. Yeah. Right? There, there are those people, the Confederate flag-bearing people. But white supremacy itself is baked into every system yeah. that we live in, that we live in. Like you said, the banking system, the police system, which we're going to talk about later. Uh, you know, our education system, housing. Yeah, every system it's baked in. So we really need to to start um, seeing seeing it in that in that frame, mm-hmm. because then we can start to see ways in which we can make changes right we one of the things we did last week was uh, attend an online seminar we're supposed to be in person to see Ibrahim Kendi speak yeah. but of course pandemic's not happening in person so we did it online and you know he reiterated the, the point and I think it is one of the most powerful things that he that is just his message is that the heartbeat of racism is denial yeah. the, the when we can say oh I'm not racist or when we say I am not racist then, then that allows racism racism to perpetuate. Right. We have to be willing to see racism we ha- in, in ourselves. We have to be able to see white supremacy as it is baked into every system within which we live. Mm-hmm. And, and how and how, if we are white people, how we benefit from those yeah. systems, if we ever have a chance at undoing it to create a just society yeah. for everybody.
1: First thing you learn in AA: if you can't talk about it, if you can't admit there's an issue, you, you can't right. heal from it.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, so yeah. That, that's all, all
1: that, To think about that, all Candy did was like reframe the first step of the 12-step <laughs> program in like a catchy quote. Yeah, that's well, it. it's, it's true. Not, it's not a revolutionary or new idea.
0: Right, but it's powerful, right? Yeah. Because, you know, he, he likens it to his cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he says he was, he was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. That's a serious ass cancer. Colon cancer. Uh, I'm sorry, was it colon cancer? You're right, it was colon cancer. My bad. Um, not that it matters at
1: all. It's just one of those weird things I remember. Can't remember my niece's birthday. Remember what kind of cancer <laughs> even yeah, okay. Kendi had.
0: But it was, it was ser- serious, stage four, metastatic cancer. And he talks about how when he first received his diagnosis, he did not want to accept that he had cancer. He didn't have any kind of pre, like, pre-existing like conditions that would have pointed to him getting that. There weren't like history in his family. It was he's He, he was healthy and young, and there was no reason he should have gotten stage four cancer but he got it he didn't want to believe it and and was fighting against that was was you know not wanting to accept his diagnosis Mm -hmm. uh, which he had to accept it in order to move forward with the treatment that was going to be necessary to save his life Mm -hmm. you know and he likens that to racism in that We have stage four racism in this country. It is in every system. Metastatic cancer is a cancer that starts in one place and goes all over the body, right? Right. We have racism all over the body. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere. And the first step in in accepting treatment for it or in seeking treatment is to acknowledge that you have cancer all over your body yeah. or you have racism all over the body.
1: We've all known that person who is clearly not well, refused to go to the doctor and then dies.
0: Right. And, and it's the same. It's The the stakes are the same. You, if you don't get treatment for cancer, for metastatic cancer, I mean, there are obviously a lot of metastatic cancers that even with treatment, you still, you know, die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but... With 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 racism, you know, like if we don't treat it, our country will die. Mm -hmm. This this body of our country can't survive. We are not doing ourselves any favors by allowing this to perpetuate. It is and we're seeing we're seeing it left and right, how this issue, which has been the the central the central uh, idea that ha- the- the- it's sort of like the I'm so sorry the brain fog is is real <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: she's is- doing her best people I-,
0: I really am but you know it- it- since our founding since before the founding of the country since the first people you know colonized this country and that first slave ship came over in 1619 carrying people to you know work with stolen have their labor stolen to enrich the people who owned them you know, that, that that central foundational aspect of our country has, has continued to be just a, a, the rot at the center of it. We can't survive. We won't survive. We're seeing all of the ramifications of allowing it to perpetuate in the ways we have for over 200 years or 400 years mm-hmm. <laughs> since that time, you know. Um, anyway, that was a big digression in the middle of our good news. And I'm so sorry about that because this is the good news part, but... <laughs> But it was Wait till so you was,
1: hear the bad news, people. It was
0: shocking to me. My, my, the good news that spurred this conversation was that the Washington state has become the 20th state to restore voting rights. I, I, I really had not even been aware of the fact that people didn't get the right to vote when they when they were out of prison. Here's a. Because rec- you
1: and I grew up in civilized places. What do you mean? In places that didn't do that, right? California didn't do that, did they?
0: I- I don't know. I mean, Washington state's a pretty progressive place and we are the 20th state to, to have reversed this. So I think I honestly
1: don't know now thinking about whether California allows uh, felons to vote.
0: That's the thing. Like Mm -hmm. it was one of those things that, you know, wasn't part of our lives or our experience. There are so many, (laughs) so many aspects of racism and systemic racism that uh, aren't part of our lives or an experience as, no, as white people. They're not
1: targeted at us. Yeah, yeah, that we
0: are just not aware of until yeah. we've learned. And then you're like, "What the what?" Here's a radical idea: What if people who are in prison can vote yeah. because they're still citizens? Yeah. And and <laughs> the things that they may vote on, the people that they may vote to put in office, have a direct bearing on on their own lives. Like because these are the people who make criminal justice policy. Mm-hmm. You know, people should be able to vote. I mean, no matter whether you're behind bars or not, you're still a citizen.
1: Yeah, I think that's right.
0: I, I mean, I don't. I honestly don't understand. I, 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 I can't buy an argument for anyone to argue otherwise. Honestly, like there's to take away somebody's basic, basic right as a citizen. You've already put. They're they're already locked up, right? <laughs> they're already facing punishment. You know. For, our, for their crime or the conviction that they were given, mm-hmm. you know, there there just doesn't seem any reason at all, any good reason, unless you're trying to uphold an unjust system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no good reason to not allow folks that are behind bars to vote. All right then. I mean, here's another here, like if 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 our prison system, if if what we say we want from a prison system is for people to, uh. To, to
1: to be rehabilitated is yeah, that what you're getting at?
0: Yeah, or to become productive members of society, like what better way to to introduce them to the the notion of being uh, to reintegrating into society by having letting them have a stake in it?
1: Yeah, right. Participate in civic processes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like a citizen
0: seems simple. It does. Anyway, it's good news that the Washington State is has uh, restored voting rights to formerly incarcerated people. All right, people. back on track. I want them to go further. I want. I would like for for people who are in prison to be able to vote. Yeah. Okay. And I that would like anyway. My next piece of good news <laughs> is that New Mexico is now the second state in the nation to ban qualified immunity, which is this uh, policy that protects. Um, uh, has protected police from from being held accountable for yeah. their wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. So it's a major step toward increasing police accountability and also preventing wrongful convictions. Yeah, it's a really positive step. The it's basic, not the only step needed. The basic
1: but. idea behind qualified immunity is that you can't be prosecuted personally for something you did as a cop on the job. right you're, a right. you're you have qualified immunity. <sighs> right and it's bullshit because basically as soon as mm-hmm. cops put on a uniform, they just get to go do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. And that's wrong and bad. It's so
0: wrong and bad. Anyway, good news that New Mexico
1: did that. Related, did you know that a police officer is in the top 10 list of jobs that attract psychopaths? What? Yeah. What? Where did you learn that? Oh, just one of those internet things. I mean, it's... Uh unsurprising right it sort of checks out if you think about it like yeah okay right that makes sense but it's weird to see it in a list wow yeah wow okay so what's your good news my good news uh my good news is that my mom and dad got to hug my sister's family and their kids
0: for the first time in over a year for the first
1: time since march 2020 wow yeah my mom was i think really excited about it
0: of course Hmm. It's, it's I mean so it's amazing sweet. because that your your parents have just have now both crossed their threshold of two weeks after their second dose of yep. vaccination mm-hmm. and so then they're good to go. Yeah, they're That's good to amazing. go.
1: Yeah. So they can just be grandparents again and <sighs> you know, parents to my sister and just hang out and I think they're really excited about I'm it. Sure it's, it's really good. It is really good. Yeah.
0: Yay! That's genuinely good news.
1: My mom sent sent to us in an email how she was playing double solitaire with Phoebe on the <laughs> living room carpet and really loved it. That's so great. I know.
0: That's so great.
1: Yeah, it's I really love good. it.
0: I love it. Mm-hmm. Very good. So what, what have we been up to this last week? Uh, what about you? What have you been doing?
1: Man, I've spent almost all of my last week setting up a new music computer. It was finally time. So you know how it is. Like when you're an artist and you buy your own tools, you make the tools you have last as absolutely <laughs> long as you can, right? <laughs> uh, like, so this, I just replaced a 2012 music computer. Wow. We, like we bought this new, I bought this computer new, you know, with you in 2012. Yeah. And it has been a wonderful, wonderful little machine. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's still just doing great.
0: Except for all the software that runs on it keeps getting updated. <sighs> That's and m- the issue. Requiring more processing power. There's and- this
1: new next generation of music software. There's these things called plugins, right? So the base program that I use, Pro Tools, it's just, it is what it is. And it does get updated and, you know, things, new things happen with it. But, you know, it's not Like a quantum leap in what it needs of a computer. Mm -hmm. But, like all the secondary stuff, all the third party software that runs Mm -hmm. on a music computer, there's these things called plugins that extend the functionality and give it different sounds. There's been this really sort of generational shift in the ways some of those are developed over the last, just like two or three years. There's this new generation of artificial intelligence plugins. And they wow. do all this really nifty stuff. I've got this one plugin that's based on facial recognition technology that brings out the details inside a mix.
0: I don't it's, even understand how you use facial recognition te- technology in an audio platform, but right? whatever.
1: Well, it's, it's the same basic idea, right, of establishing figure-ground relationships. That's all. Okay. When like, I put it like that, it's kind of simple, people, right? Sure. Like you figure out what is the baseline and what is above or below the baseline. I get it. That's okay. All. Yeah. Yeah. Soon but it's they, like machine learning, artificial intelligence kind of stuff, and it requires all this computational power. And it's, soon
0: they're going to have a plug-in just called Jamie, and we're not going to need you at all.
1: <laughs> man, if I could spend more time on the deck. I'd be into that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your old computer that was like creaking along yeah. with this new technology. And it really depended
1: on what I was doing with yeah. it. You know what I mean? Some songs, depending on what tools I chose to use, would just flow right along. And some songs would just seize up all of the time and it was just getting really frustrating. Yeah. And also just practically speaking, it was starting to waste a significant amount of time. Yeah. Because like, every yeah, time you like you got to reboot, you got to like restart your yeah. you know, interfaces. Wasting hours at a
0: time. Yeah. And like, especially when you're working on something creative, like yeah. when you're interrupted because of a technical glitch... Like, it's hard enough to get into the flow of, like, you know, working with ideas and Mm -hmm. and exploring ideas and being curious and figuring out where, you know, following those and seeing where they lead you. But when you're interrupted because your computer, Crashes. (laughs) Crashes, <laughs> yeah, it's, hard. It's, just, it's really hard, yeah. yeah so, so the, new best, computer.
1: the best way to make a new audio computer, like the easy way to do it is you just hook up the old one to the new one and you clone it basically. Not you, you don't clone, but there's this Apple thing called migrate, and like sure. when you're setting up a new operating system, we'll be like, Do you want to migrate from an old system? That would be the easy way because it just brings mm-hmm. everything over, you know. But you didn't do that, it's absolutely the wrong way to do um. a new uh video or audio production machine. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Just because there's going to be stuff in there that is no longer relevant that can screw it up. Oh. And so what you got to do is you just got to build it from scratch. And what that means is downloading and installing every single Mm. thing that you need to be on it. And so all that third-party software that I was talking about a minute ago, I have literally hundreds of hundreds of plugins by dozens of vendors. Just a list, like in Pro Tools, it sorts plugins by both type. So EQ or compressor or whatever, you know? And then it also sorts them by vendor. My Mm. vendor list, I have to scroll off a screen. It is ridiculous. I have something like 60-something vendors and multiple software titles from Mm -hmm. each usually, every one of which needs to be downloaded, installed, and authorized with a serial number, many of them individually. It's just a hell of a thing. Yeah. None of it is difficult to do, but it took me three days. Right. It literally took me like well, 25 hours.
0: It's probably a good thing that that happened this week because yeah. part of the work that you did on that was post-Moderna shot number two. And yeah. that was like all you had the mental capacity to do was it's like rote work copying license numbers over from one thing to another, you know? like It's
1: really true. Yeah. yeah. There were a couple of situations where it's like, how do I find the authorization information for this? Like some vendors like don't make it easy. hmm like once it's installed, it kind of disappears and you can't find it. And if you want to do it again, it's like, ha ha. <laughs> but, you know, so, so some of those were like, oh, it's hard. Yeah. But figure it out. Um, it seems like it's working, knock on wood, really well. That's great. And, uh, you know, we'll, I'll get into it later tonight. I'll actually open up a session that <gasps> I need to mix and really get going on How exciting. it. Exciting. But, you know, I mean, theoretically, it should be very unexciting, but just it should be like what it was before pretty much as much as possible because my work environment is very much tailored to how I like to work, it should just be faster just and have no glitches. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Exactly. Great. So, yeah. And yeah, Moderna shot number two mm. uh, resulted in a little brain fog for you, but also like you had other symptoms. It knocked me out. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we we knew that that was a possibility. We'd yep. heard anecdotes from people, other friends and other people who'd had the Moderna shot that number two could be kind of a doozy. And so we had ours on Sunday morning. I think we ended up getting shots in our arms about 11 o'clock by the time we were through the line. it was so It's so strange to drive your car into the Tacoma Dome and yeah. they just come up to your door and like put a shot in your arm and you drive on out like drive through vaccination it's pretty rad and they were we asked them um this day how many shots they were going to administer and he thought it was going to be around 2200 I think is what Mm -hmm. the number he said it's astonishing to over 2000 people driving through the Tacoma Dome to get vaccinated really neat so cool but you know the, the the whole system was great. Obviously, the, the 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 flow of everything they were so well organized and everybody did such a great job. Got our shots at eleven. Came home. I was I was tired because we had we had to wake up early and we had messed up sleep a couple nights before that too. So I took a nap. You took a nap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I felt fine. I was like, great, I got some work done. And then about eleven o'clock that night, I was like, oh wait, whoa, what's going on? And mm-hmm. I started feeling cold. By about midnight, I was fully feverish. And yeah. uh, you know it it. It was really rough. Like, I think, looking back on it now, how I felt, you know, a couple nights ago, I honestly think i don't I don't think I've ever felt sicker in my life. Wow, than that night. It was really bad.
1: That's so interesting. I mean, you told me that at the time, and even at the time, like you were acting like, Totally normal. You were like up and about and doing things and like you seemed really normal.
0: Yeah, well, I mean- Like your
1: mouth was saying, (laughs) I've never felt sicker and your outward presentation was saying, I feel relatively fine.
0: Well, I think that the reason for that, the the reason for that is that I knew why I was feeling that way. Like I was expecting this to come. Right. So it's not like it came out of nowhere and I felt awful and I didn't know what it was and I was worried it might get worse. You know, like I knew what it was. I was expecting it. And also I knew it was going to be temporary. Like, you know, all of the- Things I've read is you know or, or heard from people's other people's experience, is that it lasts for like a day or maybe two in some cases, and so knowing why it was happening and knowing approximately how long it would last made it just really bearable. You know what I mean? It was it was awful. It yeah. really was really awful. I felt terrible.
1: Yeah,
0: could not get warm. I took the hottest shower you can imagine. I was still freezing in I the had hot shower. Chills too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely had a fever. Like. Was slept in, you know, all kinds of warm clothes and three blankets and like, <laughs> you know, it was really bad. It was, and I and I had major body aches. Um, but but again, like you said, I, my outward appearance was like things are fine. It's largely because I knew, okay, knew this was going to happen. No, it's not going to last long. I can get through this. Yeah, which is interesting because I, I I imagine that what that means on the flip side is that when you get sick for reals, you know, I wonder if part of the torment of that is like what is this why is this happening how long is it going to last is it going to get worse and not knowing any of that stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah also for as severe as it, as it was for me i cannot and, and and knowing that this is an immune response to a vaccine i'm not really sick like i don't have an actual virus right it's just my body making antibodies to fight you know that one little protein that they mm-hmm. coded for in the mrna vaccine uh but knowing this is the immune response just for that, I cannot imagine feeling like that for up to two weeks with an yeah. actual coronavirus infection on top of having like shortness of breath and all the other you know kinds of symptoms. And of all the psychological
1: who, worry of not knowing how bad it's going to be, and oh, whether you're going to be in trouble.
0: Totally. Are my oxygen levels too low? Am I going to just like pass out and die spontaneously? Yeah. Totally. Totally. I can't imagine. I'm so grateful for that vaccine.
1: Yeah, me too. So grateful. Yeah. Get your vaccines, people. Yeah. Uh
0: your experience was relatively similar to mine. Maybe I don't know. It was much, much better than yours. Okay.
1: Your experience by the way you're describing it sounds really terrible. Yeah. Um and also, like, I just got lucky with timing, I think. Uh, I started, like, you started feeling bad around 11 p.m. We're always up till about 2, so that meant that you had, like, three hours of just, like, lying on the couch feeling bad, and you were just, like, drifting and napping and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked the entire time uh, just doing those little software installs. <laughs> um, you know, got ready to go to bed. You know, so we always start getting ready around 2 or whatever, and, you know, we do our showers and, you know, and, and move in that direction. In the shower, I started, like, I started the shower feeling fine and like halfway through the shower started feeling chills yeah like it, it hit me right then weird and by the time i got into bed i was definitely like lightly headachey. He definitely had chills but then i just went to sleep mm-hmm. you know i had really weird fever dreams i could <laughs> tell even in my sleep that i was having a fever yeah i woke up at what from the angle of the light looked like probably nine nine thirty in the morning mm-hmm. um you know uh with a headache I needed to pee, so I went downstairs. Uh, took my temperature, uh, and I was at like 99.7. Oh, okay. So I was up about a degree, 1.1 1. Mm-hmm. 1 degrees. Uh, I think pretty surely I was higher than that in my sleep, but it broke in mm. and then I woke up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then yesterday I felt, you know, not great, but okay. <coughs> Excuse me. And I, uh, I was able to get a few hours of work done in the afternoon, and then kind of punked out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I noticed this feeling like kind of low energy and a little bit achy by about 6 p.m. Yeah. And so from that point, we just like, you know, watched a Little Property Brothers and, movie <laughs> and you know, and just took it easy. Woke up this morning feeling great. Awesome. I woke up feeling 100%. I think you woke up feeling like 70%. Yeah. And then after like breakfast and coffee, maybe you're more like 85. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm doing yeah. much better. Yeah. yeah. So grateful for that vaccine. So grateful for all the people who worked on developing it so quickly.
1: Good job, everyone.
0: Um, so grateful for all the years of research that had to happen before they could even do the work that happened this last year on yeah. this vaccine. All the research on mRNA vaccines to begin with, yeah. which has been going on for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so grateful to all of the, you know, I, I think when we went to the Tacoma Dome, I, I was curious to ask each person, like, what are you, who are you? What do you do? Like, last time we went, I know that the person who did, who administered my shot was uh, worked for the fire department. Mm-hmm. He was a fireman. And you know medic for the fire department, so it was you know able to give shots.
1: All people um, in the fire department are medics.
0: Oh, okay, I didn't realize that. But you know, um, that's
1: that's why fire trucks are typically first responders for nine one one medical calls.
0: Oh, okay, well that's good to know.
1: Um, Which also means that like when you see a fire truck going screaming off somewhere with the sirens on, pulling up outside someone's house, it's usually not because something's not be on fire. A
0: fire, yeah, interesting. They could bring a smaller vehicle <laughs> for the non-fire. But like, things. what
1: if that's all they have?
0: Uh, I guess I mean, cause so.
1: Sometimes they do, right? They have like the little fire truck van yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's more explicitly a medic kind of situation. Yeah. But like, if that guy's already out somewhere. Well,
0: then, then... let's take the ladder truck. <laughs> and by the way,
1: <laughs> I'm not referring to firemen as guys, uh, fire people. They- <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was the truck. Okay. I want to be really clear that it's a truck that's a guy.
0: Oh, the guy is a truck. Yeah. I see.
1: Like, you know, when you're like, you're playing and you have your, you have your guy and I have my guy. And, yeah. Like, we're driving our guys around. I get it. Trucks are... Yeah, can be guys. Sure, can also be girls. Like our car is a girl. Our
0: car is definitely a girl. Yeah, so our wagon is a girl.
1: It's hard to know. You really got to get to know them.
0: You do. (laughs) Yeah. So so yeah, I was curious, like what everybody else, what, what everybody does there. Like you know, do they work in the health profession? In what capacity? You know, are they are they nurses or doctors who are like giving their time to this event today or right. they, you know, uh, I was just so curious. But there's so many people there doing the work and I wanted to hug every single one of them. Yeah. Um, but it was, it, it feels really good to be on the way to And we are now like a, a week and... Uh, a week and four-ish days. Five. Uh, right, a week and five days from- f-
1: Which is four-ish, so full- you are wrong. <laughs> Thank you.
0: I was kind of going for like when this podcast comes out. <laughs>
1: mm, mm.
0: But you know, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, we're a week and some days away from full immunity um, from, from the vaccine. And that's just amazing. I realized-
1: I can't wait to lick my neighbors.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so I realized today though, that like when, when your mom said that she got to hug her grandkids- and we were outside earlier and we saw our neighbors across the street who uh, their household is all vaccinated and waiting, like waiting for full immunity to kick in, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I realized in just kind of like, when we walked across the street, my impulse was to go hug our neighbor, Yeah. but of, of course I'm not hugging yet. But then I realized that I haven't hugged or literally touched another human being other than you in well over a year. Yeah that's weird yeah that's so weird yeah anyway i can't wait to hug people
1: yep i'm not going to
0: lick them i'm going to hug them
1: i might get a little just licking on the side (laughs) when i hug (laughs) the kind of the kind of hug where you sort of end up with a wet ear like what happened
0: oh my gosh no one's gonna want to hug you ever again they're gonna love it what happened to jamie in the pandemic
1: they're gonna love it because you'll be like you know what no one has licked my ear in over a year oh my god (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. The last thing that happened this last week, which was wonderful, uh, was that we had our our monthly Zoom meet up with our misfit stars and so great you know i say this every time like that was my favorite one and it keeps being true every month it's just like i think it's just a a fat you know a a factor of people getting to know each other and becoming more comfortable you know Mm -hmm. like there are folks who i think have been at every zoom meetup and then there are some that you know we have new people every month too who is their first one but just the general vibe in the group is just more of like we we've we've gotten to know each other to a certain baseline yeah. level that we can just be more comfortable talking.
1: This one was like, Bonnie was like, this was heavy. <laughs> She's like, not bad, but heavy. And I think that's true. Yeah. Like, people talked about some really like serious, deep stuff.
0: Yeah, but it also, yes, there was serious, deep stuff. But all the conversation was... um. Was was helpful oh, around yeah. those topics. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I felt like I felt like we all like got something from it. Like it was it was not just ruminating in in tough stuff. It was. Do you mean was, marinating? Uh, marinating, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was. It felt like it was really. I felt like. I, I mean, I feel like the the general vibe was yeah. We talked about some heavy things, and also I think we all came away with helpful. Um, helpful uh, ideas about how to approach yeah those things in our lives too. Yeah. It was really neat. It was good. I love our meetups so much. So
1: we want more people at them. You know, there's always somewhere in the neighborhood of like, you know, 20, 22 people, something like that. I would love for there to be more, frankly, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a misfit star and you're, and you've been thinking about coming, but you just haven't for whatever reason. I want really like to personally invite you and encourage you to come to this next one. We would well, love to have you there.
0: And here's the thing, like we don't need more people. It was no. wonderful with twenty-two people. Yeah. You know, like I just want to share this good thing with more people. I would just love for more folks who haven't yet experienced it to get that experience for themselves. Yeah,
1: um seriously.
0: And honestly, whoever shows up each month is is wonderful. It's who's meant to be there and it's it's great. So yeah. yeah. Um, should we take a quick break? Mm-hmm. And then come back and talk about the police.
1: It is with heavy heart that I must tell you that we have to talk about the cops. We do. Yeah.
0: You know, the easy thing would be to not talk about the cops. The easy thing would be to be like, I am so tired of this. Yeah. I am so tired of this. And I raise your hand if you're also tired of this.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, you can't hear it on the podcast, but I'm raising my hand.
0: Okay. Yeah. Good. You know, I, I, I actually thought about this yesterday when I was reading the news about uh, uh, the the kid in near Minneapolis who was shot on Sunday.
1: Yeah, Dante, Brooklyn Heights, Dante Wright. Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, I just, I'm so tired of this. And like, I was, and I had the internal conversation where I went, I would like to not have to read about this, and maybe I won't. And then I was like, but maybe I should. Yeah. But maybe I actually really need to because. It is a mark of my privilege to be able to just turn off yeah. from an issue like this, from a, from a uh, an event like this. Yeah,
1: if we wanted to, we could not think about this kind of thing for the rest of our lives.
0: It wouldn't affect me personally, except for it does, and we can talk about that uh, right. after the break. So we're going to come back after the break, and we're going to talk about the cops. Are right, you just get yourself ready for it? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, back in a sec. <laughs> See you soon. Oh.
1: Enthusiastically so.
0: I love it. It's, it's so it's so game changing. Beautiful day.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? It's a, it's blue skies, light breeze. We're freaking back, people. That's right. We're back. It's just nothing but good news for the next two seconds until we start talking about the police. Yeah. And then it's all bad.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, this obviously was not in the plan to talk about this this week. Uh we we talked briefly on last week's podcast about the Derek Chauvin trial. Um because that's happening and it felt like important to sort of, you know, touch on it. But on Sunday, um, in case you haven't heard the news yet, there was a a police officer who shot and killed a young man, 20 years old, named uh, Dante Wright. Mm -hmm. Um, Father. He's a father. His almost two-year-old son survives him and his loving girlfriend. Um, And (sighs) the circumstances of... This is how th- my understanding of the circumstances of what of, of the incident um, is that he was pulled over for expired tags
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, no yes this is what I I, re- I read something this morning this is my this is my understanding I thought it was the air freshener thing. He they then also harassed him about the air freshener
1: because apparently yeah. in, in Minnesota it's illegal to hang things from your rear view mirror
0: right and it was a rearview mirror air freshener but he was yeah. originally pulled over for expired tags. Right. by the way, there's a backlog in this county for getting tag replacements. And so lots of people have expired tags mm-hmm. because there's, the, there's a, or is it the city that has a backlog? I'm not sure who it is. They like, issue like, an authority. Yeah, maybe it's the state. I'm not sure. It's probably the state, right? Anyway, there's a backlog. So the fact that they pulled them over for expired tags to begin with is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Harassed them about the air freshener thing. Then also found out that there was uh, a warrant out for his arrest because of a a failure to appear um, and pay a fine for a minor marijuana possession. $346.
1: Like, he had gone to court for this with his attorney. He had pled guilty. He had been uh, issued a fine as his punishment. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had not been able to pay it at the time, but had made arrangements to, but then the pandemic hit. Right. And... Everyone's had money problems in the pandemic, so he wasn't able to pay it immediately. Right. And when you don't pay the fines after a certain amount of time, it turns into a bench warrant.
0: Right. When I first heard there was a warrant out for her, his arrest, actually, let me ask you the question. When you first heard, before you knew any of the details, I think the first thing we heard was he was pulled over for the air freshener, but there was then, then they discovered there was a warrant out for his arrest, and then he was shot, blah, 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 blah. It sounds pretty when, serious. When Yeah, when you heard that, you thought it was a, maybe a serious thing he'd done.
1: I mean... Did you? And knowing that he was black, no, I didn't necessarily okay. because this kind of bullshit gets perpetrated upon black people all of the time. I
0: have to admit in my own reading of that headline, when they didn't clarify what the warrant was for and what the circumstances around it were for, it makes it sound scary. It makes it sound yeah. like, oh, he 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 committed a
1: crime. He's a criminal.
0: He's a, He committed a crime for which he's got a warrant out for his arrest. You know, maybe, he maybe he's dangerous. Yeah, yeah.
1: They, they, do, they do that on purpose. Of it's course ridiculous it like that.
0: that that was. Yeah, they they really need to qualify that kind of stuff. But like, let's just let's just back it up a little bit too. Like the fact that he's got a that he's got a warrant for a three hundred and forty six dollars unpaid fine.
1: There's got to be a better way to deal with that.
0: There is a better way to deal with that. It's just that our system is not built that way. Our yeah. system is based on a, the bad way, <laughs> you know. And,
1: like when you go overdue on like another kind of bill, like a credit card bill or your electrical bill, there's not a warrant. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, essentially, you're incarcerating somebody at that point for being poor.
0: Exactly. And we we got rid of that. What do you mean we got rid of that?
1: Like, it it used to be the case, like, in the late 18, as far as, I think until the early 1900s, that you could literally imprison somebody for failure to pay a bill. Well, but And they got rid of that, but they didn't mm, get rid of that for this kind of stuff.
0: They didn't get rid of... I mean, over oh, failure to pay a bill, like, to somebody other than the government. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because people get imprisoned. Like, including the, th- the
1: government. Like, you, they can't jail you now. The federal government can't jail you now for failure to pay an IRS bill.
0: Okay, that's fine. But but it happens in states all the time. People wrap yeah, no, up it's like the- parking tickets and they get, you know, and they fail, they fail to pay parking tickets and then cops will go arrest them and put them in jail for that. It's ridiculous. So, like... In in theory, we we got rid of that, but we totally didn't get rid of that. Like, it's poverty is still very much criminalized
1: yeah.
0: uh, in this country, yeah. and you know, but it's just kind
1: of more sneaky now.
0: <laughs> that's the thing. Like, yeah, it, it, it you can't do it on its fi- on the face of it, but right. you figure out other ways to maintain the white supremacist system. <laughs> Um so yeah on the on the, that that's my understanding of the events uh, uh, leading up to it they 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 pulled him over for expired tags harassed him about the air freshener then discovered this warrant um for his unpaid fa- uh fine uh and uh, and at that point at some point they were trying to like like take him in for that and he was headed back to his car and that's when the police officer Shot him. He got, actually got in his car and drove away and crashed.
1: Oh wow! I uh, didn't realize, I didn't know that part.
0: Yeah, but the but the the medical examiner ruled that he died because of a gunshot wound to the chest. Yeah, it was right. a and it was it's ruled a a homicide because of that. Right. He didn't die because of the car crash. Right. Is what I'm trying to say. But like he
1: crashed the car because he was dead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you know that there's now there's now been you know reports of the, the officer, the woman officer who shot him, mistaking her taser for her gun.
1: Everyone on the internet who knows anything about both of these things uh, and by which I mean like, you know, former law enforcement people with the hands-on experience are calling bullshit on that mm-hmm. for two reasons. One, a taser is seven to eight ounces and a Glock uh, is, mm-hmm. you know, about 31 ounces. That's four times difference in weight. You would not mistake one for the other. Secondly, uh, they are mounted on different sides of your body. You mount the uh, gun by your dominant hand and you mount mm-hmm. the taser by your non- dominant hand. So you have to pick it up with a different hand. So just the rote motion Mm to pick it up. You don't pick up your gun with your left hand. Obviously, it's not your gun. You don't pick up your taser with your right hand. Obviously, that's not your taser. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, thirdly, uh, you have both of them have a safety that you have to defeat. Yeah. Like you have to manually turn off the safety, and it's a differently positioned safety for each thing. So you pick up a thing with a different hand that weighs a different amount, and then you have to consciously, physically engage with... It in a way unique to that device, be it a gun or a taser, mm-hmm. before you uh, mm-hmm. deploy it. Mm-hmm. It's complete bullshit. Yeah. It should be noted, by the way, that both this officer and the police chief, who claimed on her behalf that he thinks it was an accidental picking up of the wrong device, resigned today. They
0: both resigned. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I I'm a credulous person, so I want to. I, like, it is my it is my like default position to believe what somebody says so when when the police officer says i mistook my you know i want to believe that but the like all the all the things you just said make it an unbelievable story yeah it just you know it is it is it it seems unbelievable to me that that is that's what happened um it seems more believable that she pulled out her gun to to look more threatening and then actually discharged it and yeah. killed him you know which just goes to the whole mindset of police policing and police officers in yeah. general like what on earth what on earth system uh, like is is built around the idea of instilling fear for your life into you in, in inter- interactions with them like like the, the, that whole you know drawing a weapon to threaten somebody and that the, the power dynamics that, that that creates, that is not protecting and serving. Yeah. <laughs> that is threatening yeah. and endangering.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also, as far as power dynamics go, uh, I think that uh, it's entirely probable that because he was trying to leave, mm-hmm. she was like, no, you're not leaving. Right, right. right. And, of, and of course, there's all these people who are like, yeah, you, you can't just go run away from a cop. Cop just can't let you leave. Like, why not? Why? Well, and you've got, also, you have got his license plate number. You know what I mean? Go find him at home later. This is not a life or death situation. Exactly.
0: What? 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 What is? Let's play out the scenario in which a cop allows uh, Dante right to leave. Yeah. Okay, so he leaves. They have his plate number, like you said. If it's really important, the the that the, they you know. Uh, enact the warrant on his arrest, which that's arguable because yeah. it was just an unpaid fine for three hundred forty six dollars.
1: Right, so not high priority. So not
0: high priority, but but once once the moment is gone, tensions are. I mean, there shouldn't have been tension to begin with. Also, the, the, the cops created every amount of tension that there may have been in that circumstance. Also,
1: the moment doesn't need to end. Like, they could just get in their car and follow him. Well, there's or, like there's like what three cops there at that point with cars. They could just follow him.
0: Or it could just end. Or it could, they could just go about their business, let him go home. And if it's really important to arrest this guy, find him where he find him where he lives. Yeah. You got you have his license plate, but it's not even important. It's just about in the moment. Someone feeling more powerful than somebody else and doing what I say and obeying my orders. It is just absolute bullshit. It's out of control is it's what it is. It's out of control. You're absolutely right about that.
1: So just all Like the- if, there, if there were a kid, if, there, if I had a child who were acting this way, I would discipline the fuck out of them.
0: Uh, you mean a, a, a child acting like a cop? Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like a <old> tiny authoritarian. <laughs> tiny gun. I've
0: known tiny authoritarians. Man, you and me both. Scary. Uh, yeah, I used to run a day camp.
1: Ugh, <laughs> terrible. I
0: knew one or two tiny authoritarians. Yeah, Pulled no
1: tiny Glock handguns. <laughs> no, <know>. oh,
0: God. <laughs> no, but you know, I, the, if you just if you let the guy if you let the guy drive away, he's not endangering anybody. The crime for which you're maybe attempting to execute the warrant on his arrest is not. Anything major. I mean it's for, not like
1: he's wanted for a homicide and you gotta bring him in.
0: Oh yeah. It's not like he's got an unpaid fine. It's an unpaid fine for let's, you know, let's be real, it's for a marijuana possession, which
1: is, should be decriminalized and in many places already is.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's just a pretext for harassing black people, brown people, people who are living in poverty. Like it's it's just a pretext yep. for harassing them. And in this case, killing them. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I feel like, I feel like it's really important to, to reiterate this idea that this this whole what, what this what this incident on Sunday with with Dante Wright illustrates for me again. It's 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 a need to reiterate the notion that this is not about a bad apple cop. It's not about because in this case, I don't know, I don't know. Like with with Derek Chauvin, for instance. Lots of folks have seen the video. I have heard descriptions of the video. He knelt on George Floyd's neck for nine and a half minutes with his hands in his frickin' pockets. He like murdered that guy with intention and glee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say if we're talking bad apples, that's a freaking bad apple. Uh, You know, this woman cop who shot Dwight, uh, Dante Wright, um, says it was a mistake i don't believe her um did she set out to murder him i don't think so um did she do a lot of stuff wrong absolutely but the stuff that she did wrong is actually baked right into the system yeah right it is what she's been trained to do and yeah. i think that that really is necessary to acknowledge because it's not like she's just a bad cop, and we just need to get rid of the bad cops. It is the freaking system that is bad.
1: Which, by the way, means that all cops are bad. Which, but, but let's let's. because it's, it's impossible to be a good part of a bad system.
0: I, I I agree with you, but that's not really even the point. Is that we just need to change the system? Yeah. Like it it, it it's is to me it's useless to say cops are bad. The system is bad. That's what needs changing. Sure. Okay, like...
1: So, no, you know, actually, I want to push back on that because I think it's really important, actually, to say that all cops are bad, and here's why. It's because when people frame it as good cops and bad cops, that whole bad apples thing, it's just a few bad apples that we need to get rid of. What that does is it takes the discussion away from the system and reframes it as being about individuals and their actions. We need to fight them on that, on, on that frame, Right. I
0: understand what you're saying, but I think that I just see it slightly different. I think we're seeing, I think we're saying roughly the same thing here. My point is that I don't feel like it's productive to point fingers at people and saying all cops are bad. I want to say the system is bad because it's not about just replacing all the current cops with good ones. You know, like mm-hmm. it's about changing the fundamentals of the system itself, which in my opinion actually requires uh, abol- that includes abolishment yeah. of the system entirely, and to build something else new in its place that actually serves the public. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I but, think- so
1: again, like getting getting rid of cops because cops are bad.
0: I. I but here is the thing: I think that when you say cops are bad, you are talking about people. Okay, when you say that when you say that the policing system is bad, you are talking about the system, and that's actually what we want to change. Yeah, that's right. And I think that when you when you single out the people, then then you are just firing up. Tensions because you're pointing fingers at people and like because
1: everyone has an uncle who's the best cop ever. Exactly, and I, I do. I have a great uncle. My great uncle Walt was a by all he was a cop and by all accounts an amazing cop.
0: Okay, yeah, doesn't so,
1: mean that he wasn't working for a bad system.
0: Okay, that's fine. But I think that language does matter, and I think that if we want if we want to change the system, then we need to say that the system is bad and the system needs changing. Yeah, right. And I and so that that's the that, that's the difference for me in terms of the language I want to use around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think that um. If we look at, at the at the at the system in this particular case, here are some of the things that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> it should, he shouldn't have been uh, Dante Wright. Shouldn't have been pulled over for expired tags. Why the hell are we? Why the hell are we paying people to pull over people for expired tags? Yeah, seriously. This is just. Uh, why are people with weapons being? <laughs> why are people with weapons pulling over folks for expired tags in the first place? It's just a pretext for harassing those people. Here's another thing that shouldn't have happened. They shouldn't have been, the the whole like air freshener law, what the heck? Yeah. It shouldn't even be like, again, why are people with guns harassing people about having things dangling from their windshield review review, uh, mirrors? Shouldn't be a thing. The the, the, the warrant for the arrest on a $346 fine. Why Why are we making warrants for arrest for people with an unpaid fine of $346. Yes, yeah, seriously. Shouldn't happen. These are all systemic issues that we could eliminate if we changed policy, we changed laws, right? The fact that the, the police, police patrol black and brown neighborhoods a lot more than they patrol white neighborhoods. Yeah. Right? Black and brown people don't commit crimes at a higher rate than white people. Right. Black and brown people are arrested for. Crimes, both serious and non-serious, uh, crimes. Again, just because something's a crime, like we, an unpaid tag shouldn't be a crime. Seriously, you know what I mean. Like so, even when we call things, it's crime. Kind
1: of like an in- infraction or something. When
0: we call things crime, like we're 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 really placing <laughs> things things that are, when I say non-serious or in, or or, or not a non-serious crime, it, to, just to call something a crime may, uh, elevates it to something more yeah. serious sounding than it actually is. Totally, We need to evaluate the things that we consider crimes in our society to begin with, yeah. right? Like if somebody's actually a menace and, and putting other people in danger... You know, we've got to have a we got to have some some way to deal with that.
1: Ironically, this is exactly the kind of government overreach that you would think that conservatives would be <laughs> totally against. But that is it's kind of ironic because conservatives are the ones who are the most in favor of cops having more and more and more power. But
0: the thing is, cops don't patrol white neighborhoods. Right. And I mean, at, the, at they don't put, cops don't patrol white neighborhoods in the with the frequency and that they do unless they're black poor or white neighborhoods. Right. But even even then, but I believe all of our poor st-
1: people are black and brown. So
0: the statistics show that, that black and brown neighborhoods are patrolled, of more frequently. So
1: because there's a presumption of criminality.
0: Again, the entire system is racist. There are not more crimes committed by black and brown people than there are white
1: people. No, it's the same.
0: It is the same. It is a racist system that arrests and uh, that arrests and and stops people in black and brown na- black and brown neighborhoods more frequently than in white neighborhoods for those same crimes. Right. Um. So so, here's the thing. Like, I, I so I read this uh, this thread on Twitter uh, that I'm just going to read this. Is, she's this person, uh, Sherelle Brown. I just started following her. She's identifies herself as an organizer, educator, and abolitionist. Mm-hmm. She's a mom, um, but this was just really compelling to me. She had to say, even if you don't understand how at the moment. You gotta know that abolition is the only way forward. And I, I bring this up because we've we've, you know, in the last abolition year. Abolition
1: meaning getting rid of the cops. Abolish the police.
0: Yeah. And that sounds very radical. That sounds very extreme, right? But that and that phrase has come up a lot in the last year, especially since the all of the protests last summer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that for a lot of people, you hear that and you're like, what? No, we can't we can't get rid of the cops altogether. And I've had to I've personally had to do a lot of thinking about this and come to an understanding of what this means and and, um, and why I, I, my, my own personal views on this, I think, have evolved over the last year as I've really thought about it, read about it, and investigated sort of my own position on this, you know, Because one of the things that, you know, when you say abolish the police is like, how would you do that? (laughs) Like, that seems impossible, right? And so, as she says, even if you don't understand how at the moment, you got to know that abolition is the only way forward. She goes on, "Uh, I know folks want an exact answer on how, one that they can understand. That isn't the first step. The first step is realizing we have to get away from policing, like, entirely. Even if we don't have all the answers quite yet, it's not on any one person or group to come up with the solutions. This is something we have to create together. We need a critical mass of folks who know we need abolition and believe it is possible. Take the first step by recognizing police aren't serving us. Even when we name things we think we need police for, a careful investigation usually shows that police have been largely ineffective. Yeah, right. Uh, And this is one of the things that's really helped sort of evolve my own thinking about this is, well, but we need police. And actually for a lot of the things that we say we need cops for, they actually make the situation way worse in a lot of cases. It's
1: also really, I think, productive to step back and realize that police are a very, very new invention. Like if you Mm. look at human history, (laughs) right? like there didn't used to be police, the police were invented in America like 150 years ago. And the first police forces were private police forces to protect property, to protect factories in the Northeast, right? Uh, and they were hired by wealthy industrialists to protect their property. And that's where they come from. They
0: also come out of slave patrols. That's right. The, the, so there's a there's a two-pronged yeah. <laughs> sort of history there. That's right. Um, can I, I'm just gonna continue reading here. Uh, she says, we start by reducing the scope of policing and funding towards the goal of abolition. We start by asking what else needs to be created to cater and serve the needs of the people. We start by scrutinizing our city budgets. We start by centering those most vulnerable to harm, but we first have to recognize that we have have to abolish. We'll figure out the complete how together, leaning on the teachings and writings that already exist by trying stuff out locally and sharing lessons, but it's possible we just need more of us in it. Again, the process isn't folks giving the masses all the answers. It's organizing the masses toward the truth that abolition is the only way forward and coming up with those answers together. Instead of asking yourself, what would replace the police? Try, what is it that we actually need to be safe? Yeah, right. That's such a great question. And, and I think that you're, you're you know, pointing toward what the, the origins of policing is, is helpful in understanding that we actually don't need it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, in the same way that we don't need ice. You know what I mean? Just because something has been a part of our lives for a little while doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be there forever. Sometimes people make mistakes.
0: Yeah. I was reading uh, this morning uh, an account of this community patrol in Minneapolis that sort of sprung up after the third precinct in Minneapolis was burned last year in the protests. right. Um, and the story of this community patrol in one of the, the highest, the, one of the most, well, the, the, this article was saying was one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And the police presence sort of disappeared in that time. Right. And the, the police precinct, precinct burned and patrols, there was a curfew in effect, but like cops weren't going to be coming out to, you know, to answer to calls. So uh, the woman who actually organizes police, police, this patrolling force, uh, not even a force, this patrolling force, Organization in this neighborhood. Uh, she was like the first night that that happened. We were putting out some barriers, you know, to to set up for our patrolling, and I and I felt like it was the beginning of the movie The Purge, <laughs> you know, where like the everything's legal for one night, you know, and like the cops right. aren't going to respond. Right. Like those that that's how how tense it felt for her. But they've been doing this for you know uh, well over a year, or not uh, close. It's coming up to a year now. And um, it's a group of people in the community who go out uh, at night and and during the day in some cases too, and in certain locations where they know um, that that um, dangerous activity can be take can take place. There's there are gangs, there are drug sales, mm-hmm. there's um, uh, parking lot prostitution. You know, like right. people, you know, in in, in harm's way. Um, but they're out there. Uh, as community members, just showing up and being a presence, and sometimes giving food to people, mm-hmm. and like, and 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 it's it's been largely successful. They haven't eliminated violent crime in their neighborhood, um, but they haven't contributed to it. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and and there haven't
1: been any police riots in that neighborhood for about a year.
0: That's the thing. Like that, there the, 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 there are there are other ways to approach the things that we say we need police for. Yeah. Um, And And these things
1: don't have to just be like ad hoc community endeavors like this one that you described either. Mm. They could be things that like we pay for at the city level. Absolutely. It just doesn't have to be police. You know what I mean? Maybe it's like people who are trained in counseling who instead of guns have like Clipboards and a bag of food.
0: Well, you know, one of the things that um, that was interesting to me about this article too is that that uh, they had they listed a bunch of um, sort of statistics about uh, what people's perception of this neighborhood is. They 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 interviewed people who live in the neighborhood about their perceptions of the neighborhood, and they interviewed cops. Who patrol that neighborhood? About their perception of the neighborhood, in terms of like how safe they feel the neighborhood is, how likely a person who lives there would be, you know, um, potentially a, a victim of a crime. Mm-hmm. Um, people who live in the neighborhood have a much rosier view of their neighborhood than the cops do. The yeah. cops just see danger, 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 and so of course they come in from the outside. They're not; they don't know people. They don't live they, there. The they only time care. they ever come there is is to you know to police something. <laughs> yeah. So they don't have a, a feel for. What the community is like outside of those events, so their perception, their perception is just danger, 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 and they come in, come in with that attitude, right? Right. So there are so many ways in which our system is like just set up to continue to fail people. Sure. And there are identifiable ways, just in this this stupid little podcast conversation, where we've been able to identify ways in which, yeah. you know, violence, police violence, could be thwarted with the changing of, you know, of, a, of how we do things.
1: I'll tell you one change that I think, like, if we didn't accomplish anything else, if policing remained 100% mm-hmm. the way it is, but except this one change, mm-hmm. I bet it would make a huge difference. What? A requirement that police live in the neighborhoods they police. Uh, that would be a great thing. Like, they have to live there. They can't, they can't, because cops all of the time, don't live where they work mm-hmm. all of the time, with the exception mm-hmm. of maybe major metropolises like New York, whatever. But like New York cops, generally speaking, live on Long Island, like somewhere nicer where they can have a little bit of space and privacy. They come into bust heads in the ethnic neighborhood, and then they take back off. That's right. how it is in LA. None yeah. of the cops live in LA. Absolutely. They all live up in the valley or like, you yeah. know, fucking San Dimas or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
0: it, we we like, So let's imagine a, let's imagine a system in which the people who are protecting and serving, and I'm not going to call them police because, again, I think that we need to think about abolition as yeah. being the goal. But let's imagine a scenario in which the people who are who are paid to protect and serve a community are actually invested in that community because they live there and right. are part of that community.
1: And they want it to thrive because they live there. Exactly. And if their community does well, their home will do well. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I'm frustrated. I'm sad. I, you know, it makes... I'm angry. I think, you know, I really appreciate what, what Sherelle Brown has to say about that. I I don't know. I don't know how we get to abolishing police, but it's becoming more and more evident that the police are not serving us. Yeah. You know, Um, again, this is an issue that if we didn't talk about it, you and I, it probably wouldn't affect us in an immediate kind of way but it does affect us because it's a it's a a system that contributes to to destabilizing our whole society. Yeah, for sure. Right? So there are ripple effects. We we're not going to likely be um victims of police violence in our lifetime. Yeah. The statistics are pretty low that folks who look like us are victims of police violence. Yeah. And so on that on the, on you know the surface level. And by, and by
1: look like us, I think you mean socioeconomic, not just what we look like, because you know a whole bunch of white people get killed by the cops every year, but uh, it's generally speaking not middle class and up people like us. Right. Generally speaking, it's poor people.
0: Right. Right. And even among even among the the populations of white people versus black and brown people who are killed by cops each year, it is very disproportionate it's three to one yeah so i mean in terms of the the percentage of the population it's it's, it's
1: three to one adjusted for population got it
0: okay yeah you mean three three people to every
1: three black or brown people to every white person yeah and that's adjusted for population density because black and brown people are only 12 black people are only 12.5 percent currently of the population and then you know brown people are another percentage Mm yeah
0: yeah so, I guess I'm saying, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is As,
1: that... The three to one is just for black, by the way. Okay. I want to be clear about that. It's okay. not black and brown. The three to one is just for black. So, anyway, keep Got it. Yeah,
0: my, my point is that 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 on the face of it, this is not an issue that, that would necessarily directly impact you or me. You or, yeah, me. <laughs> Sorry, I was analyzing my grammar in real time and realizing i did it right. Yay, gold star. Great job, anyway, baby. <laughs> but you know, I, the, but 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 you dig just a little bit further and you under and you begin to understand how this issue does impact every single person who lives in this country because we again, we, racism, white supremacy and and policing being a thing that is rife with and, and founded upon uh, uh, white supremacy and racism mm-hmm. in terms of its origins in slave patrols and things like that. Um it you can't separate it from from that and 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 racism and white supremacy just existing sort of at the the core of the rot of our society. You know, like it affects every single one of us. It is, I mean, it is it is You can is, draw
1: a direct line from that to the political destabilization we've been experiencing over the last 12 months. Oh
0: yeah, you can draw a direct line to the January 6th insurrection. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> folks were folks were tear gassing. Cops at the Capitol. White folks carrying Confederate flags were tear gassing cops at the Capitol, and not a single one of them got shot in the back (laughs) by a cop. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah. Anyway, (sighs) it makes me angry that we, that we, that this is where we are. But this is where we are. And if, if, if we intend to be people who, Work for a more just world. We have to, we have to do something about it. Yeah. And like Sherelle Brown said, I don't exactly understand the how.
1: Yeah, but, but we can I, get there.
0: But I think it starts with the believing, with the conviction of knowing what we what we need to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like with anything you want to do in the world, you dream it up first. Like you just dream the idea of it in a very vague kind of way, and then mm-hmm. you color it in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think that I think that the the dreaming of it in a vague kind of way uh, allows allows space in your brain and your heart to learn more yeah. about it too. You know, I think when I first kind of wrapped my brain around the idea that the abolition of the police is a thing that we could do. Yeah. Then I think that it allowed space inside of me to learn from folks who've been studying this and who've had higher stakes in this, uh, in this conversation for a much longer time than yeah. I have, you know? So anyway, that's where we're at.
1: Right on. You know, people, it gives us no pleasure to talk about this. I want to be clear about that. We're sick of talking about police malfeasance on this podcast. And this is not a police malfeasance podcast. <laughs> but as concerned citizens, we feel like we can't not talk about it. So here's the deal. If you don't want us to talk about cops killing black people, <laughs> then you got to do what you can do within your series of influence to make it so cops don't kill black people. And then we'll stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of it, though. Hmm. Sorry, but also, like, not <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's, it's
0: your fault. <laughs> no, it's not. But yeah, we all need to get on board with this. I think, it, it, and and um, part of this is uh, the part of the way forward, and part of doing something about it is paying attention to what our elected leaders are saying about these kinds of things, and and electing people who have a bold vision for how we can reimagine.
1: And that's locally, by the way. Mm-hmm. None of this conversation at the national level really matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's local officials like who make the decisions, Mm -hmm. the policy decisions that affect how this kind of stuff gets carried out, Mm -hmm. period.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, we're talking about like your city, your city council.
0: Or or, or county, county sheriff. Mm -hmm. We have an issue going on in Tacoma right now or in Pierce County where the Pierce County sheriff (laughs) recently (laughs) uh, called the cops Uh, on a guy who was delivering newspapers out of his car in his neighborhood. Early morning newspaper delivery.
1: Was this a white guy, Shan? It was a black
0: person. Oh, that's interesting. Delivering newspapers. And the sheriff himself, who was just elected in November, called the cops. Well, when the sheriff calls the cops, everybody shows up. And I mean, like literally every unit. It was like
1: 30 cars or something.
0: Showed up because this guy was delivering newspapers. Yeah. And I mean- it, that that sheriff honestly is quite lucky that nobody was trigger happy that day. Yeah, totally. That man's life, that newspaper delivery man's life was in danger because of all the cops they called for doing his freaking job. Yeah. This is a local issue. You know, this is an issue that you and I have uh the power to be involved in, mm-hmm. you know? And there are local issues like that wherever you live, listener. <laughs> you yeah. know, you have your uh police department wherever you live or your sheriff's department. That this is where this is where this stuff happens, and we need people uh, in the positions of making decisions about how, what kind of power police have to have in mind, the idea of um, of reducing <laughs> their presence. Um, it's just not appropriate for the Tacoma or this is Pierce County Sheriff to be calling reinforcements in for some guy delivering frickin' newspapers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the single most uh, important election that you can vote in, people, is your district attorney, your local district attorney. Mm. Because they're the ones who make the decisions whether to charge black people with things like marijuana possession charges. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, they have the power just to let that stuff go. Mm-hmm. Or to do some kind of plea agreement kind of thing where it doesn't go on your record but you gotta do community service. There's All these th- tools that a DA has. It's a very... And that's how, that's how people uh, like Dante Wright don't end up with a, a, with a bench warrant yep. on his record, yep. which is the proximate cause mm-hmm. of this uh, this cop going ballistic on him.
0: Yep, absolutely right. So DA is such an important race. Also, people who are uh, vote your city council because they're voting on the budget for your city yeah. and they vote on the budget that the police get in your city. Yeah. So they could redirect some of that money for policing yeah. to other, serv- other services that actually serve and actually protect the community. So, all that local stuff does matter. That is one way to get involved. So get to know your get to know your DA. Get to know your city councilors.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, our city councilors hear from me probably more than they would enjoy. <laughs> I'm always super friendly. You know what yeah. I mean? But also, I'm like, here's what I think about stuff. And yeah. I always write them a few paragraphs and yeah. just like really let them know. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, thank you for hanging out with us today and for uh, for for listening in on us hashing through this issue that we clearly don't have answers for but we are going to choose to believe the how will come uh, with uh, as we walk forward toward what we think is the right thing
1: yeah that's what we're gonna do just dream the dream to start with and then we can figure it out from there yeah
0: so we'll be back again next week with a new song that's right we'll have a new song next week
1: Shannon says it's gonna be weird
0: I'm taking some risks, some personal risks for this one that I'm just pushing myself a little bit in ways that I haven't before, which is scary and also exciting, and I hope it doesn't flop.
1: Yeah, right? (laughs) I was going to say, I support this in principle. Yeah. I'll support it even more if it's actually good.
0: Yeah. Well, you know,
1: it's easy to be experimental and do something that sucks. Yeah. Doing something that's good. Uh Uh-huh you know as you're experimenting that's much harder So, but we'll see. you
0: also have to be willing to fall flat on your face when you're trying new things Yeah. and you know what we have the freedom to do that because we've got a supportive community that that that's, is behind us cheering us on being like yeah go do the things and I know that they are people who are like okay with the fact that we don't always get it right yeah You know what I mean? Seriously. What a gift to have that kind of supportive community. So thank you, Misfit Stars. We appreciate you.
1: Yep, so much. If you want to become a Misfit Star, go to MisfitStars.com slash join. Uh, We could always use more people in our corner. Maybe you are our person. Mm -hmm. That would be great. Thank you in advance.
0: All right. So I'm going to get this foggy brain back to work on this song. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how all that goes. Uh, But we'll see you again next week. And until then, take good care of yourselves. Yeah. And be good to each other. We love you guys. (laughs) Bye.
1: Bye.